two peas in a pod. I know. Let's go. I'm just not wearing green. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Gavin. <laughs> that was the cheery, happy Bob. I am ha- I'm always happy, Josh. Usually. Because I'm with you. <laughs> that stopped him. That stopped him. That was intended to stop him in his tracks, and it did. Yeah. Being nice always <laughs> you just slows each other down. <laughs> you just have, what do I do with that? <laughs> uh, okay, so... We're beautiful. Well, oh, yeah, now, before we dive in, you're sorry. jumping the gun. It's, let's have a little chit chat. Okay. It's it's a sunny day out there. So this very is very cold, but sunny. It's cold, but we're in North Carolina in beautiful downtown Cary, mm-hmm. uh, in Josh's office, and mm-hmm. it's a sunny day. But it is. It's cold. Uh, cold wave is coming in. Yes. Yes. How was your holidays, Josh? Good. Kids, was Santa good to the children? Oh yes, Santa yes. was. Yeah, was outstanding to the children. Yeah, yeah. they did can't they, complain. Did they get geeky stuff or regular stuff? So I was lamenting how technology focused Christmas was That's, because I, I turned into IT support for like two weeks straight. <laughs> it was painful and frustrating. There, <laughs> the there was department. no yeah, there was no relaxation. After the gifts were open, it was, hey, Dad, can you set this up? Hey, Dad, we want to do this. Can you help us? Dad, why isn't this working? Doesn't it sort of suck to be like the technology like guru in the family sometimes? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't offer technical support for family members. For pe- for years, people would ask me to like help them. Even now, my wife, Diane, looks at me as like, I can fix anything on her Windows machine. I don't use Windows. I haven't used Windows in years. Yeah. And I'm clueless. But she's like, you're the PC guy. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Your technical support. You are her only hope. Exactly. You're like Obi Wan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's funny. So good Christmas though. But tech- yeah. so it's, that sounds like you were technical with the kids. Yeah. yeah, but that was intentional. But it came at a price. Yeah. Did yeah. they enjoy it though? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's there's a couple things where they're learning how to code without knowing they're learning how to code. Oh my gosh! You're teaching them how to code. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's important stuff that's these scary. days. So. I remember I was teaching my oldest son assembler years ago, and and it was that's a, hardly coding. It, well, you know, back in the day, <laughs> that was how that was how real was it with punch cards. It was we were poking, we were using basic, and we were peeking and poking into memory locations. You ever do basic and peeks and pokes? I did basic. Basic. Did you do thing. peeks and pokes? Not that I remember. You don't. Though that was a command. It was you could uh, you could not. peek at a at a memory location, and you could poke something else in there. Mm, interesting. So you could actually program one one bite at a topic. <laughs> That's probably why you didn't do it. Yeah. That's good. What is our topic today? The topic is the future of agile. Oh no! We need like futuristic music when we say that. We need a crystal ball. Ooh. Do we have metacasters? We have. You can't see it, but it's here. It's and Josh has a head, uh, like a little head thing on. <laughs> so you can't. It's a big one. It's a big. It it's, it's a big wrap. But he's got he's got like a swami thing going. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm just sort of you know I'm polishing the uh, the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. So what what do you see as the future of agile? Well, we talked a little bit before this, and oddly enough, we agreed that we need to tackle this from two different directions. 
one being what we think reality is and the other what we hope it is. And I think, as we've talked in the past, that it's kind of our duty to try and help shape the reality to get it to line up with what we hope it is. So, so that's part of why we do so this. So why don't we start with reality? What do we see as some threads that are going to probably continue in the, over the next couple of years in the Agile space? The So this is not the hope. Right. This is the, the reality. What's going to, you know, next year to what do we think is going to happen? The consumerization of Agile, which has already happened. What does that mean? It's becoming a business. So there are folks that have, that are creating, but safe is an ideal example. You know, trying to find ways to, and I'm sure there are good intentions from Dean Leffingwell and his crew. Um, I don't know him personally, but it's a business and many businesses either have heard of agile or are learning about agile and want to go agile so there are folks that are trying to find a way to monetize that and turn that into a business and not things that don't always line up with the manifesto right so that's kind of how i look at things and does it line up with the manifesto and then is it big a or little a is it doing Agile by the book and having a very specified process, which many would argue is not really Agile, or is it little a, where you're doing what's right, even though it might not be exactly by the book and what some framework says you should do? Yep. I mean, I would agree. I, I want to drill down a little bit into monetization, like specifically. So I see certifications continuing mm-hmm. to go freaking crazy. Uh, and that's a direct. So I don't know if and there's a demand there. So the market is creating it because there's de- a demand from larger companies that want to go agile without understanding what agile yeah, is. So yeah. the shortcut or the answer, not the shortcut, but the answer for them is a certification. So yeah, there's but demand. But we have a choice as as trainers and coaches to whether to go crazy with that or not. And I think we support it. I think we go crazy a little bit with it because it's such a it's such a revenue stream for us. So um, so I see that going crazy right there. The last time I looked, I think, from a, just from the Scrum Alliance, there were like 350,000 Scrum Masters, CSMs in the planet. And, and their rate of doing Scrum Masters was somewhere, it's either 6,000 a month or 10,000 a month, somewhere like that. It may be six, somewhere between Even six. Even if it's a small number, that's still... It, it was amazingly, no, but it was thousand. It may have been sixteen. I, my memory doesn't, but it was in. It was a significant. Let's say approximately ten k add-ons. I think that's conservative actually uh, per month. So that's the machine, and mm-hmm. that's just. I'm not talking about safe. So safe has certifications. There's other cert- There's many other certifications. Right. That's just. The, that's just the Scrum Alliance and just the CSM, the Certified Scrum Master, the base certification, which right. is which is the most popular sort of that's that entry level thing where folks do it. So we're certification happy. Uh, we're coaching happy. I think to some degree, like there's everyone's a coach. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask what you mean by that. Everyone's a you know if you go out there, everyone is selling their, themselves as coaches nowadays. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The common frustration I have with that is. Someone's an agile coach, yet they've never actually implemented agile themselves and bring experience to the table. They There's just, very lightweight experience. Yeah. I, I blog about that. I've been blogging about it this year, trying to sort of 
I don't know, shine a light on it. One, it, it undermines my business case, so it has a monetary effect on me. But it also, I just think it's, in, you know, disingenuous for folks to go out there. It'd be like doctors. You know, you have someone who, what, you know, took a two-week course in a comic book and then hung up a shingle and, and started, you know, co- you know working, on, <laughs> working on your children. Right. It, it, it's, it's illegal. There's a reason that's illegal, and it's the same thing. There's, there's no baseline for that. Um, so the certification, happy. Uh, scaling, happy. Like you said, safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is something that monetization I, I do uh, tools the, t- the the tools again I, I version one rally I'm going to pick on them a little bit uh, they're leading with tools there's still this notion of leading with tools I don't know that I see that as maybe I'm not paying enough attention because I'm such a fanboy for for Jira but I don't see a lot of tools popping up that are proliferating. It's it's like it's always the same big three that are out there. I don't see people jumping into that, or maybe there's I'm a lot. Of, a there's a lot of small scale tools. What I'm really saying is, I, I wish, you know, Rally is. I'll pick on Rally. Rally is incredibly quick to come in and do one day training, leave a tool behind, and say you're agile, right, or something very. And and I think that's irresponsible to some degree. It mm-hmm. was irresponsible, and they've done that for ten years, or you know, what, however long they've done. So I think there's a, a you know the money is driving. It's not the it's not you know the craft of agility. It's the, the to your point, the monetization mm-hmm. drives bad behavior. I'm not saying they're evil, no, at all. But but we we're allowing the money to drive bad to bad drive bad behavior. Uh, what else? Scaling? Can we pull scaling out? And I, I see this scaling thing happening. Uh, there's, uh, you don't pay attention to this, but there's safe. There's something called dad. Mm-hmm. There's less, uh, which is a scrum thing. Uh, there's enterprise scrum. There's about now, uh, Mike Kottmeyer is d- doing something in Atlanta. There's probably four, five, six scaling frameworks now. Uh, I think the the thing that's happening here is is you know we're we're introducing so we're trying to take agile large yeah right? because that's where the demand is and yeah. that's where and as I talk through this I keep thinking it all relates back to our discussion about agile jumping the shark and it's become the only way that you should do things blindly regardless of whether it's right or you're ready or you're set up or you fully understand it just you need to go agile. And you need to get there as fast as you can. Um, so I, I, thinking back to some of the discussions that we've had, so we're talking about scale here. And as you and I talked it through earlier this week, it boiled back down to just Scrum of Scrums and not new framework X, new framework Y. Just stick to the basics of Scrum and operate it at a higher level. But, but that's not even in play very much now. Right. Yeah, people, because... People- because there's a there's a demand for a fire and forget framework yep. of give me a prescriptive solution that silver bullet that will work for me no matter what um, and I think there's a demand for that because it has jumped the shark so there are many people trying to fill that gap I'm sure some for the right reasons but oftentimes because there's a demand and there's a market for it yep. So I, I see that independent of whether it's good or bad. To your point, monetization, I think, over the next two years, uh, continues to sort of rise uh, and has a frenzy around it. Um, and I think scaling. 
over the next one or two years. We're not done with scaling at mm-hmm. all. In fact, we've just started. Right. I mean, it's we've hit the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, safe. I think we talked about safe for the first time maybe a year and a half ago. Maybe a year and a half ago. And some of these other models I mentioned are just, they're infants. So they're trying to fight. They're, they're like, you know, piranhas trying to fight for the space. Right. And so it's it's in its infancy. Uh, and I'd say for we're going to be talking about that for two years. So that's two things of the future of Agile. What else do you see? Current trends. And just because they're negative metacasters, or we're we're just observing them. Now we we clearly you can hear some you know Josh and I having some angst around those two trends, but uh, you know they're. Good. I think it's all driven by the current trend of what I said by the consumerization of it that it's it's becoming a market. Like I bet Gartner has a magic quadrant for agile whatever. They have an assessment framework. Right. Forrester has an assessment framework. So that's another, okay, there's another thing that I see uh, is assessment frameworks are starting to pop up, which is now you have maturity, now you mm-hmm. have quadrants, now mm-hmm. you have numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to come into you here at School Dude a year from now or a year and a half from now, and I'm going to ask you, you're not going to let me do this, but I'm going to ask you to grade your teams. You can ask. And you can kick me out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This notion of assessing numerically teams mm-hmm. and comparing them, mm-hmm. or the danger of comparing them, just like comparing velocity from team to team, now take it up a level, and now we have what a sort of a matrix of an assessment characteristics for teams. I, I see that happening. Uh, I just talked about that. Uh, lo- a local guy, Bill Krebs, has something called the Agile Journey Index, which I like. It's a, it's soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's about, believe it or not, there's at least four or five frameworks now. Uh, Sally Alada is a lady out of, uh, a coach out of, I think, Nebraska, and she's introduced a tool. I, th- I think she calls it Health Agility Health or Health Agility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an online tool, and she's she's talking about that in webinars, etc. And the whole point is, how do you how do you what grade your teams? How do you, how do you grade it? How do you effectively build a grading mechanism when the implementation should be different? Everywhere, touche, touche. I mean, it's the velocity thing on steroids, right? right? It's 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 sort of there's value in it if you're incredibly, incredibly careful. But how many people are careful? It goes mm-hmm. back to the argument, not argument. The point we've talked about: safe. Safe is not bad, but it requires very experienced people not yeah. to not to screw it up. It takes real maturity yeah. to do it well. And the assessment frameworks. But I said I clearly see the assessment frameworks. Uh, you know, growing over the next two years, they, because you know, you need managers need something, right? You need you need numbers, you need dashboards. I'm surprised we've gotten away with it so long in the agile community with not having what some kind of magic number. Mm-hmm. Um, what positive trends? Those are three what I would call negative. They're realistic, I think, but they're negative-ish trends. Do you see any positive current trends? I don't know if it's true. Um, I, no, actually, I I think having it jump the shark means that younger developers are exposed to it from the start. So that's they, they view this as just how it works. The trouble can be sometimes that maybe they get into an implementation that's bad and they get the wrong view of it. But I do see developers coming out of school knowing what Agile is. There have been times when here at NC State when I've gone and I've talked to classes and we've talked about that and what it really means and the Iron Yard is a local coding school that I've gone and talked to them about 
what it means to be a developer in an agile environment, the expectations we have. So the education institutions recognize it and are trying to infuse that into the education that they're providing. So that's a good I don't trend. think they're doing good enough, but that's a nice it's trend. starting to get mind share of the professors of, we need to do this. That's a nice trend. I mean, I, mean, I would buy that. I see that as well. What, how about the connection to entrepreneurial uh, companies? And you're tied into this to mm-hmm. some degree, and like lean startup sort of thinking yeah. and experimentation. I, so if that's a trend, I don't think see that decreasing. I see that increasing over right. the next two years. And it has. it's not directly tied to Agile. They're sort of running in parallel, but it has a, a nice sort of, you know, it has some in, implication details to Agile. Do you see that? I do. The, 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 the whole lean startup movement, and they actually have a lean conference, a lean startup conference that I'm dying to go to next year, just um, taking that iteration approach and people over process and applying it globally to the entire company and how we're going to do things. Experimentation, and, trust. Yeah. Right. Um, you can even go back to Jim Collins and the Great by Choice and Good to Great, where he talks about firing bullets instead of cannonballs and iterating and then once you really know then go don't yep. don't don't blindly just fire cannonballs because they're expensive so there's a few things that have been out there for a while that are starting to gain more and more traction and visibility so I see that I see that I see that continuing in a really yeah. positive way what about one of my favorite companies on the planet earth Spotify Spotify uh, are you familiar with them I may have read an article or two about them <laughs> Yes. No, but do you see? I may have contacted them. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, I mean, do you, do you see? That's sort of a niche idea. I wouldn't even call it. I don't know what it is. It's not Scrum. It's not Kanban. It's it is a scaling model to some degree, but it's mm-hmm. not being sold as a scaling model. But but sort of that level of creativity and innovation, it, it borders on organizational change, right? Mm-hmm. Like like flattening the organization. Do you see that trend? Increasing over that, the next that, couple of years. That, that is a trend, and that's something that we're actually wrestling with. That I'm wrestling with here is what's the right organizational structure for a software engineering team that isn't flat, but isn't ten levels deep. Right. right? Because people want to grow, they need those title changes. Because people aren't going to work here forever. I recognize that, and I want them to feel like they have grown here. So maybe they've had a promotion or two. So how do you? build that how do you extend those responsibilities out so i'm big fans of spotify big fan of valve that's what i was thinking um, yeah. those 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 types of companies that that are willing to at their scale put themselves out there and publish it saying this is how we do it is it increasing though i don't know that's what i'm asking do you do you see it, is. it do you see it increasing yeah. over the next couple of years okay one of the companies that i'm a big fan of also is um I believe it's Buffer. So they are transparent about everything. Salaries, they, they, they take transparency to the nth degree, and they're transparent about salaries. That if you are a person in this role in this company, this is what you will be paid, period. So right. they know what everybody makes, and that's just takes off the table. Yep. Nothing to talk about. Hiring's not even an issue. Just that's you that's don't, what it is. Yeah, yep. that's it. That's who we are. So the added transparency is a trend that's going in the right direction that I appreciate greatly. Okay. So why don't we switch gears and talk about what we wish the trends were? And it probably sort of 
interleaves with what we've been talking about. Right. And, and it goes back to this. Metacasters, I don't know if we said it, but this was a request. Someone requested, uh, we, and we, we're thankful for that, believe me. Uh, I really enjoy getting requests. So this was a request from a, a listener uh, that wanted us to talk about the future. It has connections to the jump, to your point, to the jump the shark. So we've right. had recent discussions around this. So I think you, you look at this Metacast and you connect it back and listen to a couple of the recent things as well. Right. And there's some threads. So what do you think are some of the, the wishful thinking? Um, I'm, I'm big on the education front. So I spend a lot of time both at State and NC State here. Wake Tech is a small community college here in the Raleigh area. A couple of high schools, even some middle schools, where I spend a lot of time trying to get people to understand Number one, just how software works. Not everybody has to be a coder, but then understand how to think in an agile manner. So one of the things that's happening now is there are a lot of STEM schools, so science, technology, engineering, and math. So I've been asked to come in and speak about the scientific method, and they have this nice chart that basically goes through the way you you figure stuff out, the SDLC as we knew it, where it's not taught well enough anywhere that I've found is that there is a final step where it connects the circle and you do it again. So you iterate and iterate and iterate, which is the core tenet of Agile, but everybody still teaches it at you you get to the very end and then you're done. So it's still this big bang thing and um, trying to infuse that into schools and especially in a college, there's a book that I bought for our teams called Team Geek that is doing a tremendous job of helping people Understand that software is a team sport, yep. and especially in an agile environment, and what it means to be a member of that team, and how to operate, and will make you look at yourself and understand the things you're doing wrong. I've passed that out to a bunch of people on my team, and we're reading that. But I really want the the educational system, and especially at the college level, to teach everything about coding that's not code. Yeah, get them to really understand. The stuff that's almost harder to figure out that you can't go read on Stack Overflow. Well, and practice it too. That's you didn't say that, but I mean, it's not just read about it or be instructed in it. It's can we simulate it? Right. Can, can they practice it in teams? So can you do team team related projects? And mm-hmm. things? Yeah. Um, which which I did that in school, but there was no notion of agile. It was like, well, here's the software development. Well, there wasn't was a notion a of teamwork. I was trying to, I was trying to actively screw everyone because grades are on the line, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> there's a nature. There. Right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't. It was individual over team. And so, how do you flip it? Right. How do you How do you honestly flip it? One of the things I, I was exchanging email with some of my colleagues at Velocity Partners. We were talking about webinars. Uh, and and they you know what what webinars are we going to do in 2015? And they were talking about targeting leaders, and uh, one one of the, uh, the our co-founders or our you know joint you know our our C-level folks said something of oh they're always interested in doing more with less, uh, and so here here they're talking about our customers which are engaging us for agile projects. And the mindset for me, so what I'd like to do, my hope is we change that mindset. I think that's a traditional mindset of doing more with, you know, doing more with less to me is, is sort of the, you know, how do I squeeze blood from a stone? How do I get people to work overtime? How do I cut, how can automation allow me to cut testers? And, and how do I reduce testers? Or how do, I think it's the wrong thinking. It's how do, how do I provide value 
right? So forget for, forget the, the the economics. So I, I my main hope is the economics start becoming more agile. The thinking of leaders starts becoming more agile. So people don't, like directors and VPs of development, don't break out spreadsheets anymore and don't start looking at like, how you know how quickly can my developers ramp up on my scrum teams as they come on board? When do they become fully active? They do, they're thinking economically. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather it be value-based. Uh, how do you economically understand initiative and creativity and, and value and start changing that? And, and what, what I'm saying, th- those leaders, that's the wrong question. So uh, a majority of our clients, I don't think, get agility very well. Mm-hmm. So at a management level, uh, they think they do. Right? They, 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 so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, I think I understand Agile. Maybe it's that's Agile's problem because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. I think most leaders don't actually get it. Mm-hmm. I think you and I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I think it's taken us years. And it's blood, sweat, and tears to get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you prove you get it when it's in crunch mode and the shit is hitting the fan and you right. still hold to your principles. That's, that's when you know that you get it. I don't, so I hope that coaches, uh, you and I, we can have over the next year or two, we influence more leaders to actually get deeply and viscerally what Agile is. And it's, it's not a, I don't think it's a get you know, it's it's not it's it's not an effectiveness play, if you will, right? It's not getting more. It's not squeezing more blood out of the stones. Uh, and I think that mindset's just even folks who've read it, who can speak the language. You know, mm-hmm. you're walking through the hall, and they they attend a retrospective, and they might give you, a, you know, they know what a fist of five is, but do they really get it in their belly? And I, I think I think very few leaders really get get the value proposition. So I'd like to I'd like to forget whining about it, and I'm actively trying to coach that. I'm actively trying to in my blogging, maybe in the metacast we start having some examples of the tough bits. I'm sure you encounter tough bits here, yeah. where it's damn tough. I mean, let's say you went to salary transparency. You know how freaking tough that is. Yeah, that's that's tough to balance that. Where you talked about hierarchy earlier, that's tough. Mm-hmm. How do how do how do we lead this hierarchy without hierarchy? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you balance that in an effective way and keep it keep it business focused, but also honor the notion of the team? What else do you think? Future wish it wish list. One of the things I'm looking for, and I'm constantly working on here, is bringing agile outside of just software development and trying to get other parts of the organization to understand that Agile applies elsewhere and the principles are good. It's easier, those are air quotes you can't see on the Metacast, to to do it in software engineering, but I think you could apply it in sales. And there there likely are some folks that are doing it, they just don't know they're doing it. But to get that full understanding of what Agile really is and apply it to sales and marketing and accounting and HR even. I, I, I agree. I think that's a. There's very few companies. I we achieved that at Eye Contact, and and I remember our VP Kevin Fitzgerald. Actually, he started adopting Agile because he saw it work in technology, and mm-hmm. then he started understanding the principles. And it wasn't a technology play; it was a principle play. And he started applying it to his sales team, and he started getting results. And he started. He had an account management team. And he started applying it to account management and direct sales and indirect sales. 
uh, our support team started doing it. Our finance team, believe it or not, started applying agile principles, mm -hmm. and it and it started permeate. It start. I actually think that that's an indication of agile maturity. It's yeah. not how mature Josh's teams are. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of it. But is is it percolating out into the organization? And not did they read a book? I'm talking about are are they getting it? You know, so I'll use Kevin Fitzgerald as a kid. He was using it because he got it. He saw the value proposition as a leader. So he became a proponent of Agile uh, because he was, and, and it started spinning on itself. Uh, I'd like to see more of that. I, I don't see, I don't even see a lot of the Scrum coaches talking about it in those terms. So that's another thing that we need to, you and I, and coaching in general, instead of just coaching technology, now I said we need to coach technology leaders, we need to go to generic leadership, right? And, and make the case at, yeah. a, at a company level, not necessarily at a technology yeah. level. One of the most encouraging things I heard during my hiring process here was that, that the CEO asked me, should the entire company be agile? The fact that he was open to that, yeah. I was like, okay. There's some real hope here. Yep. Well, and it's the, it's the listening. I don't think you go that way. But, uh, I mean, with you, this you and I have talked here about opening up sprint reviews and retrospectives mm -hmm. and lessons learned and making it highly iterative. And then you want people to engage and, and then start thinking. We, we did release at the thing that hooked Kevin on Agile. I think it, one of the things that I contact was we would do a release retrospective. A release, and we did it company wide. Mm -hmm. So we we would do sticky notes. We would we would have the, we would invite the entire company. What did you what What is your feedback on the release? Good, bad, and ugly, mm -hmm. right? The whole release from any perspective whatsoever. And we would get into room, and we would have this sort of this wonderful dialogue around you know what did we do well, what did we do, what are we going to improve, and then we would connect. He saw us connecting the dots. The next release respect, retrospective, we talked about what you know what we had done about the feedback we received, and he saw it in the product, he saw it in the meetings, mm -hmm. he saw it in the behavior, and he was like, oh. and he saw us not get defensive. I think the thing that really he's like, you guys are just people say they're transparent. He's like, you guys are transparent. You're just uh, you're an open book when it comes to all you want to do is get better. Right? right, and he saw that, and he started then connecting that into his organization, uh, and he and, and I, I think just sort of that's that principle-based stuff that can happen. What other? So back connecting the dots to the negatives, uh, get the money out a little bit, get back to basics in our in our uh, jump the shark mm -hmm. uh, technology. You didn't say it. Uh, but I'm, I think this is your area. I, I want us to get more development-centric. You sort of said it with the training and universities, but I want us to be more team. You know, we're, we've become more project manager-centric, more scrum master-centric, and we should come back to being more team-centric. Listen yeah. to the team. Uh, give them the tools they need. Shut up and let them refactor. You know, we debate, what's the business case for that refactoring? In the, there's, I'm not saying the inmates are running the asylum or they have a get-out-of-jail-free card, but we need to turn it back to this basics of the tools of the team. The teams need to drive that XP model. Mm -hmm. uh, keep it and, and keep it simple. The other thing there is languages and tools. Like, experiment with languages. Experiment with tools. Experiment with... You know, uh, like if you want, if one of your engineers comes to you tomorrow and says, "I'd like to rip out this database for that database," the business side of you would be, "Holy crap!" You'd have a lot of problems with that. Right. But but just empowering teams to experiment, to try things, uh, 
and taking those tech, what I would call technical risks, those, you know, just investigating, uh, just brand spanking new things and seeing what happens. Uh, so one thing on that that I think applies to both reality and hope, partially because there is that market for it, there is the demand for it, but there, there are more, not tools like Rally, Jira, and version one, but there are supportive tools for continuous deployment, continuous integration. They're getting better and better and better. That makes everyone's lives easier and enables agility to happen with less of a investment up front. Like if you're going to do it, you need to have builds running often and yep. tests running with all yep. those and make it easy to set up. And five years ago, to make that happen was relatively hard. And there were fewer tools. Now there's a ton out there and they're good and they're getting better. So that is happening. And that's that's a good trend that's happening, and that is reality. But I hope that accelerates even more because that will enable even more teams to get over sometimes that initial hurdle of they're trying to be agile, but they can't get the yeah. feedback as fast as possible. That's my sense. I was trying to tee that up for you to kind of verify it. But that was my sense as well. There's yeah. a lot of this. Not They're not project management. They're continu- So continuous deployment, automation. Right. Right, a virtualization, environmental stuff, uh, you know, production-related uh, stuff. What, what the, there's, there's, a, what are those tools that help with like managing production? Uh, is there something called Pilot or no? I, I don't. There's all. There's a bunch of things from a sysadmin perspective, even from an administrative right. perspective. I, I see that trend. I'd like that to multiply times yeah. five or Agreed. something like that. Yeah. Agree. What else? On any side, have we covered it? Have we covered the conversation? I think so. I'd like to see us continue. Well, that's going to happen. Oh, wasn't that? That was that was a, no. I'd like that's to, a reality. I'd like to see it is. I'd like to. I want the metacast to continue. Uh, I want so I want us to continue to learn and mm-hmm. reflect. I want folks to feel like they can. I want us to grow. I'd like us to grow, not so much in numbers, but in influence mm-hmm. and in listeners, you know, where we're making a difference. So that's something personal. Anything else? No, I'm good. What If you were to give it an elevator pitch, what would your elevator pitch be for the future of Agile? Okay, I'll start with I, okay. I, Also, Mine would be uh, simplicity, get back to basics, Experimentation, learning. It's hard to argue with those. Learning, and 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 I think you've got to learn to ignore the chaff, right? All the stuff that's out there, all the marketing that you're going to see, yep. and be able to separate that out and get back to those basics. So that's that's going to be the hard work of everything you just said, right? Yep. It's easy to say that, but there's going to be a lot of things flying at you. They're going to distract you from the reality and the basics and the core principles of what well, they and, are. And, and that's the learning. That's the try, experimentation and learning. Try shit out. Listen to guys like Josh and I, but then try it. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage people more and more. I mean, I want people to listen to me. My, you know, I, I have solid experience, but it's like try something. Right. You know, like swarming. Try swarming. Try uh, balance. You know, you and I have talked about: uh, is it a, a co-located space or is it private space, or what's the balance? Right. Well, at the end of the day, 
try get to what works for you. And the measure should be, are you, what, having fun? Are you producing stuff? Is your customers happy and delighted? You know, what, that, that to me is the value proposition. Get to a, experiment until you get to a place where you're, what, you're hitting some of those, those key factors, those key promises of Agile. That was my elevator pitch. You, you sort of, are you jumping on board that sucker? Yeah. Cool. I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah. And that's it. And with emphasis, I think, on experimentation and to me learning. And I'm not talking about book learning. I'm talking about just, you know, realize that we don't know learning everything. Learning through the experimentation. So, Absolutely. So experimenting, falling flat on your face, getting up, trying something else, doing and, the same thing over and over. And over improvement again. and improvement and adjustment and, and doing it the essence of agility. Cool. Nice metacast, John. You too, sir. All right. So how do people get a hold of us? Well, Bob, that's an interesting question. I know. Um, you found us somehow. Keep finding us that same way. Oh, I like that. That's a short way. Yeah. So found, find us the way. Search for us. Meta hyphen cast. Leave us comments anywhere and everywhere. Hit us on Twitter. Uh, I've even thought about, do we need a subreddit? Does Metacast need a subreddit? What is that? Uh, I knew you that knew, was coming. What the I hell is, knew what that you, was and I'm not. This isn't a joke. What is that? What did you just say? You've never heard of Reddit, the front page of the I've internet? heard of Reddit. Yeah. So inside Reddit, there's subreddits. So they're categories, discussion areas that are oh targeted God. towards that. I am such a dinosaur, Josh. And you like, and you really enjoy It does playing. put a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's stop this before we get into other tools that I don't know and make me feel even more. We don't more. have that much time. Yes. So, med- so I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.